0: No, this week we started the new book and the new parsha of Vayikra. Now korbanot, just there's a lot of uh, a lot of explanations and a lot of insight, generally about korbanot. You know, taking an animal, using it as a sacrifice. We're not going to do that uh, today to go into the whole inside of it. And uh, the. First thing, I just want to say, the word, we call it a sacrifice. That's what we call it. It's called, in the Hebrew, it's called a korban. It's not even called a, a sacrifice. Korban means to come close, to come close. That means karov, to come close. So that's a way of coming close to Hashem. We do know that the korbanot are a central part of our service to Hashem. It was in the Mizbeach, in the Beis Hamigdosh, in the Mishkan. It is also what we say in our prayers all the time, that the Mishkan should be rebuilt, so we should be able to bring our korbanot, we should bring the korbanot. But the first thing I want to draw your attention to a very profound lesson that the uh, Alter Rebbe brings down in his talks in the Likute Torah on the Parsha. So let's do the first verse. And this is, actually it's the second verse. It starts off by Yikra, he calls to Moshe, which is also a whole other explanation. Usually we don't find the Torah saying God calls to Moshe, and then he speaks to Moshe, it just says he speaks to him. And Rashi says, actually, God always called him. This is a whole other topic for another time to discussion. But over here, I just want to point out something in the language over here. Okay, so Nancy, why don't you start? Can you do the Hebrew or just do the English? Um,
1: I'll try. Okay. B'dabir. Because
0: for this is important for me, the Hebrew is going to be important. Because in English it's kind of hard to get the message. Go ahead.
1: You'll be patient with me, right? Yep, yeah, go ahead. Perfect, beautiful. Very good. <laughs> Excellent.
0: Can I say the English?
1: Speak to the children of Israel and say to them, When a man from among you brings a sacrifice to the Lord, from animals, from cattle, or from the flock, you shall bring your sacrifice.
0: Now, if you see here, they put in the brackets here from among you. So, when you read the Hebrew, it says, Adam, in the second line. Mm-hmm. Adam. Now, it should say, Adam Mikem, a man of you, ki korban, who will bring a sacrifice. It says, Adam ki yakriv. First, it says a man that brings a sacrifice. Then it says, "Mikem from you." See, look, notice in the Hebrew, the word "Mikem" comes after "Yakriv," not after "Adam." It would be the proper grammar for Hebrew. Would be would seem, Adam Mikem mean a man of you who wants to bring a sacrifice instead of saying a man that brings a sacrifice is uh, is from you okay you know it, you know it's uh, how do they say throw uh, throw me throw me the shoe from the window <laughs> okay throw throw the shoe you know not throw me you know it's like the the the, the hebrew doesn't seem. what what there's a tremendous hint over here it says adam kiachrive if a person wants to get close to god it's mikem. it has to be from with you the korban mashem it's not something else. It's not something else that you bring. So don't think that you're some, somehow doing an act, but it doesn't really connect with you. This that you're doing, the fact that you're taking an animal, that you're bringing it as a, as a sacrifice, as an offering, is actually, it's Mikim. It's from inside you. And In, the mimer goes on further to explain that there are various kinds of insides that we have. Sometimes we have inside, we have animals inside, we have instincts which we have to tame, which we have to control, which we have to harness. So we have, sometimes we have a negativity of like, we're like an ox, you know, like we're wild, we want to hurt other people. Sometimes we have, like we're very, like a lamb, like we're very, very too shy, too uh, Passive. uh, passive. So, each one of those cases, you have to bring to Hashem, which means you have to take your own self and bring it close to Hashem. That's the message. But we're talking about sacrifice. We call it a sacrifice. We call it a sacrifice because, basically, the key is that if we want to achieve something, and especially if you want to achieve closeness to Hashem, we need to know that it takes some sacrifice we gotta give something up now in this case we're talking about taking an animal and bringing it as a korban but it has the meaning a person needs to see that is something that is happening spiritually also to himself he's becoming close to Hashem now the fact is that it actually costs money to bring a sacrifice now one can say, well, money can be better spent instead of bringing a, a sacrifice, maybe spend the money to give somebody who is poor, who doesn't have food to eat. That's separate, but the sacrifice is the concept of giving something away or donating to Hashem. And we'll discuss a little bit further uh, about exactly you know, how to interpret this. But the... The idea over here is, if we're going to achieve greatness, sometimes we've got to sacrifice, we've got to give up certain things. We can't get everything. We must make a, a, a must make a carbon. Now basically, in the verses, there is three levels of carbonous, which means like this. There's various different kinds of carbonates. There is what's called the carbon ola. Carbon ola, which is the first actual carbon that the Pasuk starts to deal with. Korban is a korban which is entirely consumed onto the altar. So the the, the the sacrifice is full, is complete. But that korban Ola, then there's other. Then there's a shlamim, which is part for the there's a chatat, there is a hashem, there's various different kinds. The first one is the korban Ola. But the Ola itself you have three possibilities from what what you can bring as an ola you can either bring a big animal which would be uh, a cattle or sheep now those are expensive if a person brings a sacrifice now ola means it's a gift that you're giving to Hashem because you're looking for closeness to Hashem so you are bring a gift so something over there, it's an expensive, it costs a lot of money to bring a, a bull, to bring a, a, a sheep, it costs expensive. That's one korban ola. But then there is another korban ola, which would be from a bird. A bird is a lot less expensive. We can bring like uh, uh, turtle doves or we can bring pigeons. Those are the, the uh, allowed uh, birds on the, the Mizbeach. Would a
2: chicken be nope. in that
0: category? No. Nope. Chicken cannot be brought on the Only Only specifically a either pigeons or doves. Those are the only ones that are accepted on the But as far as expense, what the person spends, uh, that is um, the same. That is on ola too. And then we have even a lesser category, which is not called an ola. It's called a mincha. A mincha means if it's made out of flour, it's made out of flour. And if it's made out of flour, which is the least expensive, and that can also be brought. The Torah gives you the procedures how each one of these things are brought. But the interesting thing, the Mishnah makes a note, and says, the surprising thing is, by each one of these different various it also it says by all of them, that this is a pleasant aroma for Hashem. It is a pleasant aroma for Hashem so the Torah does not make a distinction to say oh, if you brought a bull, it's a pleasant aroma to Hashem if you brought just a bird, then it's going to be a lesser grade. if you brought just flour, lesser grape they're all equal, the Mishnah says from this that it doesn't matter what you do as long as you have the right intentions for Hashem whether you do a little, whether you do a lot it is still equally, it's basically the same whether you do a lot, whether you do a little, as long as you intend to do it Lashem shemaim, you do it for Hashem. So let's read I, the other verses. If you do verse three, Janice, why don't you do verse three? Can you, can oh, can, huh? can
3: back up a minute. Like, why is it all the carbonos necessary at all?
0: Okay, so we said that that we're going to leave for another time, but the carbonos are a means of bringing us closer to Hashem. And for our purposes, it means, its means of getting closer to Hashem is that you need to sacrifice something. You got to sacrifice your own animal soul, your own instincts, sacrifice it, meaning you have to harness them, control them and bring them closer to Hashem so that you can become a servant of, of Hashem. That's in, in a nutshell the <coughs> important to us. The the physical, the very physical uh, uh, thing, that has, that is another, another explanation.
1: So, uh, you're you're saying to improve our own character.
0: Character, you have like a little animal in yourself. And this, what's going on with the big animal outside is representative of what goes on with you. But here, what we're saying, basically, the discussion today is about making a sacrifice. How much of a sacrifice are you making? Sometimes you're making a big sacrifice, and sometimes you're making a smaller sacrifice. But the point that, the first point that the Mishnah makes is that by all, whether it's big or small sacrifice, they're all included by Reach the nechoach They're all a pleasant room for Hashem, which tells us, that it doesn't really matter. The quantity is not so much, and the expense is not so much. But we'll see. We'll talk about it in a minute. Okay. Why don't we read okay. the next sure. verse? Yeah? I was
2: just thinking about kinds. sacrifice was not accepted.
0: Where? Kind. Of. Yeah. Kind of. Because it didn't have the right intentions. Yes. That's right. Yeah. The Sham didn't, didn't accept that. Right. That's correct. It's to have the right okay. okay. Uh, kirbo. Three. Three. Gimel. Oh,
2: okay. Imola. Yeah. Imola. Carbon. A Avakar Azachar Tamim Yakrivenu El Pechat Pesach
0: Pesach Oh
2: Pesach Ohel Moed Yakriv Oto Liertsono Lifnei
0: Adonai Pesach here is with a suf. it's not like the uh-huh. holiday Pesach Pesach means jump over that's with a samach. this is the door uh-huh. you bring it to the entrance you we'll say the English if the sacrifice Um
2: if the sacrifice is a burnt offering unblemished male he shall bring it he shall bring it willingly to the entrance of the tent of meeting before
0: the lord but what are we talking about what is he bringing it a burnt offering from what that's called the ola he's bringing from it from what the cattle. from the cattle yeah. what does it says this is an expensive animal right yes. now what does it say in verse ten, 9 several <laughs> verses later after the torah goes through the whole procedure what you do what does it say in verse 9 then, do the english do, do the thing okay
3: and its innards and its legs he shall wash with water then the Cohen shall cause to go up in smoke all of the animal on the altar as a burnt offering, a fire offering with a pl- pleasing fr- fragrance to the Lord
0: so this is the point I want to say so here we're talking about the person is bringing an expensive animal the Torah uses the term that it's a pleasing fragrance to the Lord okay now let's do the next verse the next verse. Um to be busy. To do, yeah. do, do, do you want to do fourteen?
1: Let someone else do it. Okay, Nancy, do fourteen.
0: <inaudible> okay. And if his
1: and if his sacrifice to the Lord is a burnt offering from birds, birds,
0: which means as opposed to the animal that we brought before, right?
1: He shall bring it from turtle doves or from young doves or pigeons.
0: Yeah, okay, okay. Young doves, okay, or young doves. This is less expensive, right? Right? This is less expensive, less expensive. okay. Now, I want to just show, what does it say in the next verse, 17? Just do the English. Okay. Just say, Okay, so what does it say in 17?
2: And he shall split it he shall not tear it completely apart the cocaine shall then cause it to go up and smoke on the altar on top of the wood which is on the fire it is a burnt offering a fire offering with a pleasing fragrance to the
0: Lord so again how do we conclude the offering this is when we talk about the burnt offering Mm -hmm. it says it says it is a fire offering with a pleasing fragrance of the Lord exactly the same as before even though this is much less now, Heidi, go to the next one. Not the next, the fine, the, the the third one.
3: And if a person brings a meal offering to the Lord, his offering shall be a fine flour. He shall pour oil over it and place frankincense upon it. I'll
0: do the next one. And
3: and he shall bring it to Aaron's descendants, the Kohanim, and from there he, the Kohen shall scoop out his fistful of its fine flour and its oil, in addition to all its frankincense. Then the Kohan shall cause its remainder to go up and smoke on the altar. It is a fire offering with a pleasing fragrance to the
0: Lord. Again, a pleasing fragrance to the Lord. So now, we're talking about flour. Yeah. And so the Mishnah makes the point over here, whether you do a lot, or a little, as long as you do it for Hashem, mm-hmm. the reward you get mm-hmm. is, is the same. Okay. Now, what if you are wealthy and only do a little? Well, that doesn't really work. So, let's say uh, somebody... We're talking about wealth. Most of the time we associate it with a contribution, with the donation, with charity. Let's say that somebody has the ability to do a lot of tzedakah and they just give a little. Are we going to say that whether you do a little or a lot? No. Uh, If you can do a lot, then one must give a lot. Uh, That's not what we're talking about here. The same thing is true. The same thing would be true in a case where a person is wealthy with talent. Let's say you're wealthy with ability. God has given you certain leadership qualities. God has given you the intellect. God has given you the talent, the musical, the arts, whatever talent you have. If you don't utilize your full capacity... What you had then, it says that a rich man who brings a poor person's gift hasn't really fulfilled his obligation because he can do a lot better. But what we're talking about here, we're talking about someone who can only do a little <coughs> because that's what he can afford. So. But really, we're giving here two messages. We're giving the message to the poor one, to the one who can do just a little, that don't think just because you can only do a little that it's valued to Hashem any less than the person who can do a lot. As long as you do the best you can, and that's why it says when you're in Libelah Shemaim, when you intend for the heavens, then you're doing the best that you can, then it's the same. Mm -hmm. The other hand we also need, because it seems whether you do a lot, because sometimes people can say, doing a lot maybe is worse than doing a little. Why? Because you know, (laughs) when you do a lot, right? When you do a lot, you get maybe something in return. Maybe you get your name on the plaque, or maybe you get your satisfaction. Oh, you know, I've done, you know, look what I've done, so part of your payment is your good feeling that you get from it. So, a poor person, he's a schlepper, you know, he says, what did I already done, you know, how much, I didn't do much, you know, I just gave a little. So, he doesn't take any credit, there's no satisfaction, there's no, so he doesn't sort of, he's not doing it fully, maybe for Hashem, but the Torah has to tell you both things, because even the person who gets the satisfaction, as long as he's doing it, L'shem Shemayim, he's doing it for Hashem, don't worry about it. You're also going to get the reward equally. Now, there's two parts. Yeah, go ahead. No,
2: I was just going to say, my son sent me his Tabar Torah um, this past Shabbos, right. and he spoke about Betzalel as an example of someone who used his talents that Hashem gave him for something codish yeah, to yeah. do, and that we all... Have that possibility, uh, like you said.
0: To, good. To now, have. but there is two things over here. The Rebbe in the Seicha of this talk, he analyzes. He says there is from two perspective we have to judge. There is from God's perspective. See, in the verse, it just says to you, "It is a pleasant fragrance to God," which means to the Lord, which means. To God, it doesn't make a difference what you bring to Hashem. If you do it L'Shem Shemayim, He accepts it in both cases equally. But the question is from the perspectives of the person that brings the offering. Is there a difference we're talking about? Is there a difference from our perspective? Which means we're saying God accepts the gifts equally, even though this is a massive gift, and this is just a small gift to him, it's a pleasant fragrance. He doesn't distinguish, and he accepts them all, and he'll give you, as long as you've done the best that you can, he'll give you and accept it all the best you can. But is there really, at the end of the day, a difference in the persons? Because at the end of the day, when a person does does just a a little bit, uh, then... He is not essentially uh, giving it. But the Gomorrah, as Wade Rebbe explains it, is trying to tell us that even from the perspective of the person, it is also actually equal. In other words, the person himself gets the same benefit. Because at the end of the day, all the mitzvahs we do we do it to benefit us. We don't do it to benefit Hashem, as we're going to see soon. What do we need? The korbanot. God needs to eat the Karbonot. God calls it our my bread, my offering. Is there something, if, is God hungry that we're feeding Him, that we're giving Him these, these sacrifices? No. What's happening is, every time we do a mitzvah, especially when we talk about korbanos now, we are actually doing ourselves, we're bettering ourselves, which is essentially the point of all the mitzvahs. Why do we have all these mitzvahs that whenever we go, we have a bracha to make and wherever we do, there's always God, there's always... I mean, why, why, do we, why don't we leave God just in the shul when we come to daven, and then when we're in the street, when we're doing our regular stuff, just be like a normal person, you know, don't... Why be different than anybody else? But the point here is... The fact that we know that we always have to say thank you whenever we wear a bracha, we wear a covering, we do, whenever we do, we, we always show, we show uh, appreciation, we show thankfulness, we show sensitivity. This, this helps make us better people in general. So the mitzvahs are not to do something for Hashem. Hashem doesn't need our carbonos, but what it does is the sacrifices we make make us better so we learn the Mishnah brings out from the from the Sukkot from Kohelas in which over there it says uh, that it's um, it's equals we're going to see but first I want to just draw your attention the first word in verse 1 you see uh, it's a Um, English doesn't translate it but look in the Hebrew I want you to look when it talks about the offering of the flower what is the first word in that verse verse 1 the nefesh what does nefesh mean a soul so when it talks about bringing an offering of a flower the verse says a soul now look how the Torah describes it uh, in verse two over there the second line what is that word called adam. a man so you see in, in the um and the verse 14 follows verse one it doesn't say either way but you see the only place where the torah uses the word of soul is when it brings from the flower and that 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 also goes along with the idea that i mentioned earlier that adam is a man you know a man you know, he brings, he feels good about himself, and and therefore, because he, he feels good about himself, maybe he's getting part of his reward already from his stand because of the return that he's getting. But nefesh means just a soul. We're not talking, he's not an Adam. But on the other hand, uh, the person who's breaking, he's actually broken, and he's really giving his soul because... He doesn't feel really that he's doing that much, so he's actually a nefesh. And Hashem says, I counted as if you're actually bringing your soul, which means it's closer, it's more, you're bringing me because you're bringing something smaller, but you're bringing your soul. But we need to know that it doesn't matter, but whatever you bring, whatever you can afford, your ability, you do the best you can. So the Brisa, the, the, the Gemara brings down the verse from Kaheles. Okay, who's up to, who are we up to? Do 11. Okay, Mrs. Velsen, you want to do okay. 11? The sleep. I'm like that student. To
3: the, sleep to the, <laughs> yeah. the sleep of the laborer. The sleep of the laborer is sweet, whether he eats a little or much. But the satiety of a
1: rich,
0: Okay, we're just talking on a concert in the first part of the Pasuk. The sleep of the laborer, the Talmud says, refers to one who serves God, one who brings a korban. So his his sleep is sweet. In other words, whether he eat little or eat much. In other words, now we're talking from the prospect of the giver. Whether you eat much or you eat little, meaning whether you give a lot or a little, the sleep is with, it doesn't make a difference. Do the next verse.
2: With the increase of good, its eaters increase. And what is the advantage to its master? Except seeing with his eyes.
0: So also over here it says that uh, there is no benefit from just giving more, from having more and giving more. Basically, whether you give a lot or give a little, the Rabbi really explains it in the uh, Sikha, just exactly the verses, how they fit, they fit in. But the point here is that from the perspective, also from the person, Hashem accepts us either way, and we also, from our perspective, it's really uh, the same. It's really all the same when everybody does the best that they can. Now, by all corbonis, it always appears the name of Hashem over there, not a Likim. And that means to say, there are various difference. The way Rebbe explains the Gemara over there is that there are various different reasons that one might want to bring a korban, or today, like why, like one would want to pray to God. A korban is like today we pray instead of the korban. Sometimes we pray to God because we want God's mercy. Most of the time, right? We want, but God's mercy has a special name. It's called that's the name of chesed, chesed sometimes we pray to Hashem because if like we want to pray for our enemies that they should have a downfall because they're bothering us we pray to Hashem's strength so that would be the level of Elohim because we're praying so when we pray to God we have various different parts that we, uh, strength that we want to sort of arouse that we want to bring out to help us out and one would expect that when we bring a korban it should go maybe to a different, maybe it should be like to a different name but the Torah keeps on using as we learned before only Hashem Hashem is the all-encompassing name of Hashem Himself and the, the, uh, the, 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 the the Talmud says that this is actually a hint that there is no at the end of the day, the prayers are to Hashem Himself, which is all-encompassing. We're not breaking up Hashem like into different parts, in the part in which He's mercy, and the parts where He's stringent. And we're just saying, we're praying directly to Hashem. The all-encompassing of Hashem, whatever we need. The verse is trying to tell us also that it's all to Hashem. And not even as Hashem is divided up in various different names, but rather directly to Hashem. And and finally, what is this whole thing? Uh, it says it's a pleasant aroma for Hashem. Does Hashem need to eat? And so, read. Let's read the verses from the from the Tehillim, okay? Over there, what does it say? in The verse in the Tehillim. We can go around each one. Do a verse. Or do the English, okay? If I were hungry,
1: I would not tell yeah. you. Is that one? Is that right? Yes. Um, can you?
0: Uh, Okay, okay, you're gonna pick him up a Yankee too All right, but Max show him where to pick him up, but call call Yankee first on the phone Tell him that you're gonna pick him up Huh? Malakovich is not coming Just read through the verses in verse 10, 11, 12, 13, and 14
1: If I were hungry, I would not tell you, for the world and its fullness are mine. Will I eat the flesh of bulls, or do I drink the flesh
0: of bulls? I know all the fowl of the mountains.
3: You do Mm -hmm. that one, right? I know all the fowl. Yes, I that. I know all the fowl of the mountains, and the creeping things on the field are with me. Slaughter for God a confession, and pay the most high your vows.
0: What? No, I will. If I will. Will
2: No, we no. If, the others. if no. I were
0: hungry, would I not tell you? No. For, for the world,
2: will I eat? Yeah. Will I eat the flesh of bulls or do I drink the blood of he goats? Slaughter for God a confession and pay the Most High your heart.
0: So basically, what the verses are really telling us at the end of the day that the sacrifices that we're doing is really for ourselves. But what is the carbona? Why are they called food? So, why are they called food? So, what the explanation actually is, what food does, food connects our bodies to our souls. So, the food gives us the energy. That's how we're connected. Somehow, God, who is spiritual, connects with the world, so to speak, like through food. What is the connection that creates the willingness? By bringing the out, we sort of cause Hashem to want to come down be part of the world and create the world the carbonote it says the whole world was created just for the carbonote it's like a food that connects the spiritual with the physical just like in the human body so really there could be a question maybe god needs us to bring the carbonote in order for god to connect to the world but the truth of the matter is god can connect to the world without us he can do it by himself he gives us the opportunity that we should connect him with the world through our work, through our service. Our service helps sort of bring down the spirituality into the physical, into the physicality. For our opportunity to make us better, to make us holier, to make us greater.